I drink your milkshake. You are listening to the Billionaire Podcast Network. solo show only on the billionaire podcast network ka-ching ming 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 filler up welcome thank, thank you for joining me folks i know i'm really really late on this one i've been slacking um i've been busy with a lot of stuff we're gonna i'm, pa- I'm pausing the god fucking damn it dude i don't know what's going on with this computer like it's 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 a um <clears throat> it's a stolen Mac. I'm on a Mac, and there's there's this fucking goddamn notification that keeps popping up. Like the the settings, it's like a settings window that is supposed to be loading something, and it it just, it just never loaded. It's just never loading. So the window's always there, and I don't know how to make it go away. But I I just I click on it and it pops up. Like I'll get a notification on the screen and then i click x to make that go away but when i click x this fucking uh wind like system settings window pops up and then it's it's just the 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 spinning the spinning wheel and it's been it's been that way for fucking weeks and i I don't i don't know what it's trying to load and i don't know how to make this go away oh nothing nothing ever works is that's the thing is nothing ever works and it's like I, i don't know how I don't know how anything works. Okay. Fair. It's that's fair. I don't know how anything works. My forte, my purview is in uh wit and uh whimsy and, and communications. So as, as far as the actual material world, technology and infrastructure and just anything that um exists uh to be used as a system don't know how uh don't know how any of it's built or how any of it's made and that's so that's fair but as a consumer as somebody who in my time fulfills my duties to my to society I do I play my part and uh collect the paycheck for doing so and then I take the money I've made and purchase a product i would hope that given the number of hours of my labor it took to uh, uh be able to uh, afford that purchase or at least to um you know um qualify for a line of credit so that i could borrow the money to get it i would hope that the, the thing i'm buying is you know has a uh some quality control that this this is going to work for years and years and years uh without any issues and and that's that that is just not the case anymore uh it hasn't been for some time you buy a piece of technology and i mean it's just, it's just well i mean you know i guess I, I guess i might get a good year or two out of this and then it's just going to start going tits up and shitting the bed and becoming just a, a pain in the ass fucking headache nightmare to deal with it, to the, to the point where i just got i just got to buy a new one right rather than have to try and like navigate this thing anymore or try to fix it or figure out like what 
sort of troubleshooting or diagnostics I need to do to to fix it. There is no fixing it. No, the the solution is just go to Best Buy or whatever whatever the whatever wherever you go now, and and buy a just a brand fucking new one. And so you're caught in this eternal cycle, this spiral of every year to just spending thousands of dollars on consumer electronics. Um, this is nothing new. Uh, everybody knows that it's, it's a, what do they call it? Planned obsolescence. But you know what? Here's the thing about that. If we all know that we all, none of us like it. We're all fed up with it. And that would be such an easy protest on the consumer side of things to deal with. Like we, we could really put our fucking heels on the necks of these companies to a degree in, in some way uh, by just refusing to play along. Just, just like I have, I have this iPhone. What model is this? The fuck if I even know. It's an older one. It's like it's like a twelve, I think, and what they're on the fifteen now. And so everybody knows that they they come out with a new one like every 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 year, and every single time, it, like everybody has all their issues with this fucking product. But then every single year they come out with a new one, and so many people have to purchase it. It's a like the, it's a status thing that I, oh I can't be seen. With last year's iPhone model, um, first and foremost, on the consumer end, it's a status thing. It's it's like fashion. There's, you know, oh, fall fashion, spring fashion, this here and that year. And then, you know, they do it with iPhones where it's like, oh, you got the, the, the one with just the two cameras. I got the one with three. I got the one with the big ass screen. Uh, and, and then you're seen as <clears throat> low income or... Uh, not not doing too well if you have last year's iPhone. If you, if you have this wondrous piece of technology in your pocket, you're fucking poor. If you got the 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 twelve with the two just the two vertical cameras, which all which which works fine. It works, you know. I mean, as far as the planned obsolescence thing goes, I mean the battery only lasts like a fucking hour before I got to charge it. But the, the phone works fine. All the all the dumb little videos I make, all the titty videos and dick reviews and just things I want to do uh, quickly on my phone. That's that's what I used to do it. And ain't nothing highfalutin happening. I'm not using any fancy editing technology. Everything I need to do, I can do with with pretty bare bones, basic ass uh, technology because I'm talented. And that's another thing, I guess is um. I don't need a whole lot, you know. I got my I got my wits, I got my faculties here, my 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 witty repartee, and and I can I can ride on that. You know, I hop in that car and put push the pedal to the to the floor, and uh, we're, we're away take take into the streets. Uh, there, a lot of people need to use uh, fancy tricks. And, and smoke and mirrors to make themselves seem um, not as fucking boring and untalented as they are. Uh, and it works for them. That's that's most that's so much of content on the internet, right? Is you're just watching a YouTuber who is doing kind of the same thing I do here, which is just talking, but they don't have the ability to do what I do, which is actually. Uh, hold a thought in their head and uh, you know just try and run with it in some way that's interesting and engaging um, they may not they're probably not even capable of original thought uh, and uh, they, they don't know how to communicate they have no communication skills even uh, but they want to make uh, a one to two hour three four five six hour video <laughs> Where it's just them talking. It's just them sitting there broadcasting, basically, and it's it's edited. I've talked to I've I've maybe I've talked. I don't think I've talked about this here before, but like those, I can't watch most of what's on YouTube because the way this shit's edited is like a fucking born identity movie where it'll be a guy just sitting there doing what I'm doing now, talking, and every like three seconds there's a cut. 
So he'll just be talking, and then there's just a cut for no reason. And it's very jarring. Like, I'm watching it, and I, it, like, it feels like I'm being, like, sent some message. Like, if, if you were actually schizophrenic or paranoid or conspiratorial in any way, and you're watching a video where there's there's just constant cuts, where it's it's like this max headroom kind of, like, jumpiness that's happening... You know, if if you were already on the edge mentally and you're watching shit like that, you'd be like, "What, what is? This? Is this some kind of coded language? Is this like, um, am I supposed to be reading into this?" Uh, but it's not. I don't know. I think it's just designed to for like, um, fried brains that the fried brains that exist now are. So it's got. There has to be a psychology behind it because you guys know what I'm talking about. The, the and I I don't think by the way I don't think it's anything that anyone is looking for on the consume on the uh, consumer side on the audience side I don't think anyone was ever asking for anyone to make things this way where with these constant cuts and edits and jumps this very like frantic um you know this frantic style of making things. I don't think anybody was asking for that. I think they figured out some weird psychology that if you create this like frazzled, frantic video in that way, where it's, it's just constantly cutting and editing, then it, it like tricks people into watching it, even though it's not that good, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I, I guess it just, it will, that there, there might be like some sort of hypnosis happening in uh like making something that way i don't know i can't i can't watch it 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 drives me up the wall and it makes me feel like i'm delirious like it's this delirious method of uh broadcasting that i get i guess is born from the fact that whoever this is making this is incapable of thinking and communicate, you know, communication. They don't have good communication skills. They're not a particularly talented orator. And so by necessity, they have to do multiple take just tons and tons of takes and then edit this thing together in some way to make it seem like it's worth watching, even though, it's a um you know like a nine hour video about Ned's declassified school survival guide or some bullshit like that. Just one of the many retrospectives on uh, a television show that was made for children fifteen to twenty years ago. People can't escape the trappings of nostalgia. It seems like uh, nostalgia is a tricky thing. I've been feeling it lately. Nostalgia for the things I enjoyed as as a youth, the the things I missed out on, the things I was reluctant to enjoy at that time that I wish I had taken the time to savor, um, a lot, all that kind of, all that stuff. You know, I and I try to avoid it. I try to not get uh too involved in nostalgia. I try to avoid that trap because. <clears throat> the past is the past and there's no reclaiming it there's no going back there's nothing literally nothing that can be done so the only option is to push forward is to move forward uh but every now and then i um i find myself uh thinking about it and what the hell? Oh, oh my God. Sorry. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, there was something something behind me just scared the shit out of me. And, but yeah, with, with nostalgia, um, it can be painful. Uh, youth is gone. The years start coming and they don't stop coming. And, and then one day you die of alcoholism. You know that's what can happen. I guess, I guess it's just it's a it's just a reminder that the clock is ticking. I suppose that at one point in time, 
you know, you're 13, 14, 15 years old, you're a teenager. Uh, there's so much hope, so much life in your eyes. Bright, bright, bright future. The possibilities are endless. Endless summers, even each summer just is, is so magical. And, and so everything at that time is um, so fresh and new and it's it's made for you. Uh, everything in this country is uh, created for the youth, for children, and I suppose young adults as well. Uh, so even even though you know we all experience a, a certain amount of anxiety and malaise and growing pains at that time, it's pretty sick. You have no responsibilities, and uh, you just have you're just chilling, having a good time. Maybe getting laid, if you're me, no, that's not happening. You're very sad about that. You're very sad about how uh, isolated you feel, and it seems like uh, no one wants to give you kisses. Uh, but you can comfort yourself with uh, programming blocks of children's television and pop music, toys, and video games. And then as you get older, as an adult, you start to look back on that time and the... Uh, culture that existed at that time it's it's easy to get lost in that and and feel that pain to 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 try and reclaim that which is gone forever um and and so i i i guess that's that that's all sad just i've been thinking about crash bandicoot a lot lately <laughs> i've just been really thinking about crash bandicoot lately pretty hard yeah, one of the just one of the happiest times of my life was PlayStation. The PlayStation One was out, and I I had Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot Two had just come out, <laughs> and I was I was just having a real. I, I know why I was thinking about. It. I saw that yesterday was um Clancy Brown's birthday. Uh, incredible guy, character actor. Uh, Clancy Brown, who uh, you've seen in tons of movies. He was the drill instructor in Starship Troopers. Um, he was uh, one of the one of the guards in Shawshank Redemption. He's you know he's in everything, and uh, he's also pivotal to our youth. If you're a certain age, he is still. I think I think it's still on. He's the voice of Mister Krabs on uh, spongebob squarepants and he's also the voice of dr neocortex from crash bandicoot which i didn't know uh, i did not know that i was looking i was rooting around his uh, wikipedia page when i found out his birthday was yesterday just seeing what he had done and i i yeah, did not realize that one of the great guys of of hollywood of the entertainment industry clancy brown um is the voice of Dr. Cortex. And then, you know, I just kind of fell into a uh a daze thinking about those days, just booting up Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back. I never did at that time, I never did get into part one that much because that, that was a much, much more difficult game than two and three. Uh, it was it was brutal and it could be unforgiving at times, um, and it wasn't as cinematic I think as two and three. There wasn't any real voice acting that much. Uh, it was just pretty standard platformer. wasn't bad. <clears throat> I played it since then, but I remember at that time thinking that that's a, it was a really difficult kind of inaccessible game for. A child at that time, at least for me then. But I mean, part two, whoo, that was a fun one. That was a fun time. I, I think I think what they really figured out with part two, where they really nailed it, uh, collectibles, which would portend uh, doom for my generation. It, it, that the uh, what they the way they got us uh, hooked on collectibles as as children was a harbinger of uh, the great misery that would befall my generation. That is collecting a bunch of goddamn shit. Uh, like 
Funko Pops, in vinyl records, in books, in Blu-rays, and even in the stupidest ones, like old technology, people that are that collect like laser discs and laser disc players and all this old old vintage shit. It's just so it's so it gives me so much anxiety too. Like I'm I've come around on them. Uh, I like that 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 you know that podcast uh, where those two guys, those two like comic book nerds talking about like movies and shit they like. Like one of them wears a hat and the other one is wearing like a Spider Man hoodie or something. And they always have these like very seemingly like soy boy marvel uh opinions about movies but also it seems like they're trolling like people get so fucking pissed off at these guys i think it rocks but the like that's just an example where it's this show like these clips pop up and i'm looking around at like the room they're in and that room is just filled with so much fucking shit Just, just like funko pops and swords and posters and all this like collect just plastic and collectible shit and that's like so many people of uh, I, I like my generation is just just owning a bunch of fucking plastic and junk and all that, and I can see the appeal. Collecting shit is fun. It's fun to hoard things and say that I own this and that. But it, it also it gives me like so much anxiety when I see that, and it gives me anxiety in my own life. Just having a bunch of shit that I got to like keep up with. And and if anytime I need to move, I got to like carry all this with me. No, the life of a man should be one of minimalism and mobility. Nomads. Okay. I I've always said if it, if it were, if it, if it twatting for a pussy, if it twatting for men, just trying to uh, attract women and appeal to women. Then I think most men, the ideal situation for most men would be, um, just small, reasonable, uh, apartment, uh, TV on the floor, uh, every, you know, TV on the floor, a lawn chair in front of the TV, mattress on the floor. And then for you, and then like in your kitchen, you have one plate, one bowl, one cup, knife for spoon. Um, and then, and then, you know, it's the 21st century. So you'd also have a cell phone and a computer. And that's, that's the ideal setup for, for most men. That way you, you know, you're comfortable, you got a place to sleep, but you, you're, you're light, you're mobile. You're you're not shackled to any one place too bad, where if you, anytime you need to pack up and go somewhere, it's easy. You can grab all your shit. And the mattress on the floor thing, I stand by wholeheartedly, no matter what. I I don't understand why I gotta have a a, a goddamn fucking bed frame. I I don't know why that's a requirement for for every woman out there that they that they if they want to have if a woman wants to have sex, it has to be uh on stilts. I don't know what's wrong with mattress on the floor. It's how the Japanese do it. Bushido, the way of the samurai. You tell me if you were in Japan, you wouldn't fuck a, a salaryman pulling in. How many yen is what? How many yen makes you rich? Like a billion? Like what's a, is a billion yen like a hundred thousand dollars a year? Anyway, bitch, you telling me if you were in Japan and you met a nice salaryman pulling in a billion yen a year that you wouldn't fuck him on his floor mattress? Get out of town. You don't want to fuck me on my floor mattress because I'm white. Uh, but I still live the way of the samurai. It's a it's a code of honor. It's a code of ethics, and it's one of sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm bald and I sleep on a mattress on the floor. I'm not bald. I'm not. But samurais for samurai is the, I think the plural of samurai is still samurai. You wouldn't say samurais. Realize, realize, samurais. Uh, yeah, but for some reason, samurai are all all have like really fucked up hairdos. That was something I couldn't stop noticing watching Seven Samurai. Was I was like, damn, dude, these guys' hair is fucked up. Just, just like bald in the middle, hair on the sides. 
or or the one i mean the the one main one the the sort of leader of the seven samurai the one who's the most honorable you know he just shaves his head which looks good but then like all these other ones with these like fucked up haircuts i'm like man what are y'all are y'all even like y'all ain't even trying to get pussy i don't know i don't know how they do things over there in japan that's a good movie uh i'll be the first to say that seven samurai is a pretty good pretty good movie it's long and it can be boring if you're trying to watch from home i think old movies like that are better served on the big screen uh you know if you if you're lucky enough to have a uh a repertory theater wherever you live that will screen older movies. That's a real, that's a real nice experience. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, the, it is the best way to watch older films like that. You, you, it is more immersive and it's, it's, it's just a, a better viewing experience and it's easier to engage with it. Uh, it's a more f- like fulfilling way to engage with the movie. Um, and I yeah I don't know what it is like if I because what I watching a movie like that at home because <clears throat> I had the uh like the Criterion Blu-ray of Seven Samurai this was like a few years ago and I I was just like I'm gonna finally watch this movie like you know it's on every list of some shit you gotta watch before you die and I've never like taken the time to watch it because it's like four hours long and uh. I was like, I'm going to finally sit down and watch this. And it is a challenge to sit at home watching a movie like that on your TV, uh, surrounded by, you know, all of the distractions and creature comforts of modern existence. Uh, it can be difficult to focus on it. Um, and that's not that's not because I'm, I don't appreciate that level of filmmaking, uh Kula Soa is not because I don't appreciate her, can't see the value in it. Um, it's just tough to concentrate on something at home, uh, especially something like that that really requires your fo- like attention and your focus, uh, and, and your like willingness to engage with it meaningfully. It's and it was also a style of of film filmmaking that doesn't really exist anymore just long long shots just just like holding the camera on something and just leaving it there and letting things play out uh you know lots of dialogue and you know it's just it's a story that's being told and you have to you have to really in uh you know become absorbed uh with it and so it's tough to uh watch it at home but i i got through it i watched the blu-ray and uh i'll say that uh seven samurai is a pretty pretty good movie um and if you were to ask me what is the what is seven samurai about uh i can't tell you i don't i don't remember i just know i just got a feeling i just remember it i remember it emotionally i remember emotionally that it was awesome and it's a good movie. Uh and the, the one there's the one guy with the big ass sword. I liked him. Uh I I enjoyed that movie. I also enjoyed the other one of his movies I've watched, Rashomon, which uh, which is referenced in uh, many many different TV. Sh- I knew it as a, as a sitcom trope prior to ever watching Rashomon. Or knowing that there was that there was even a name for this, the like the Rashomon trope. I just I just remember sitcoms would always do that. Like there would there would be an episode of a sitcom where like some event happened where it's like who who set the damn couch on fire, and then the the episode would be going through each character, and you you would see like a a, a recanting of the events. Caught that caused the couch to catch on fire th- from the perspective, from the point of view of each one of the characters. And uh, I've, I've seen that played out. I would always, yeah, it was something I would see in sitcoms all the time. And then when, I remember one day I just, I found out that it was called like Rashomoning or it was like the Rashomon trope. I was like, the fuck is Rashomon? And uh, 
turns out it's a movie it's a movie by kurosawa where i guess i guess he was the first guy to ever do that where it's like well something happened and then we just uh played the uh, some version of that happening four or five different times from the uh, perspective of four or five different characters. And that's the movie. It's a, good, it's a good movie. Another one that if you were to ask me what it's about, can't remember, but I remember it emotionally and I understand it as a trope of TV and film. I don't remember things that well. I just, I just remember them in my heart. And then if I, if I revisit something and, watch it enough times then i'll you know then i can remember the finer details i probably have like most of office space memorized if you want to <laughs> i've watched that movie a lot which it's weird by the way that that that's such a classic like beloved movie and one of my favorites and like one of the funniest movies of all time that actor ron livingston now who am i to talk about careers in the entertainment industry you know that's for sure you're lucky enough to get one if you can have one in any capacity but man he really had a dog shit career after that you would think being in this like beloved cult classic movie that he would go on to become like some sort of like comedic actor but like you know star comedic performer in uh tv and uh, film and no the breakout star of office space was jennifer aniston um and i mean shit i think like maybe probably Diedrich bader has had a better acting career than ron livingston right who else was in that movie john c mcginley yep i would say he's more recognizable uh, Gary Cole, I mean, he's a guy, another beloved character actor. Um, anyway, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, Ron Livingston really did not have the career you think. I mean, he's had a good career for sure. Uh, he was uh, he was in that Flash movie that came out recently. He played the Flash's dad. That was fun. Uh, he's in some dumbass show I watched on Amazon about like. Just a whiny, cranky Gen X, uh, curmudgeonly Gen X fucker. Some, I guess, I, I guess all the all the like entertainment brothers are splitting up. Like the Coens split up, the Safties just split up, and there, there's a show on Amazon called Louder Milk that is created by just one of the Fairley brothers. So P, it's a show uh, created by Peter Fairley. Uh, you know, the Fairly Brothers who do like Dumb and Dumber and there's something about Mary, like all those movies. There's a show on Amazon called Louder Milk with uh, Ron Livingston and Will Sasso. And uh they both have they both give like pretty good performances in the show. It's not it's not the funniest show out there, and it can be like really cringe at times because it's just a from the perspective of just like an aging Gen Xer who's kind of like, you know, a loser and also kind of stuck in time and very cynical and negative. And so he just has these like Dennis Leary ass encounters where, where he's like, well, coffee nowadays. I mean, what's going on with it? <laughs> you know? And it's like, I mean, you, you guys should be on board with whatever they're doing with coffee now. That's, that's been going on too long. You can't possibly still have a gripe with cold coffee or pumpkin spice, whatever there is. That can't that can't be something that's really still sticking in your craw. Everybody loves cold coffee now. It's good. I enjoy. I've always I've always enjoyed. Here's my here's my thing about coffee. I've always enjoyed cold coffee because the for me coffee is literally just a caffeine delivery system i do not care about the nuance and intricacies and subtleties of a cup of coffee i'm not drinking it for taste ever uh i don't it, like if i if i want a delicious beverage i'll drink a coca-cola or a sweet tea or just like a hundred other things before i turn to coffee as something where I'm, I'm looking to enjoy a, a tasty, delicious beverage. It's just a drug for me. 
And so cold coffee has always been the best way to get it in me because I could just chug it real fast. I ain't got to sit there with, you know, with my cup burning my hands, blowing on it. it um, I never enjoyed hot, hot coffee. Just pour it on ice so I can fucking slug this thing and, and then just sit and bounce my knee at my desk and shaking my leg. Uh, just anxiously watching the clock, wondering, you know, how many years am I going to have to do this? Just when can I fucking go home and rest my weary head? This is going to be my life forever. Just day in, day out, every morning, pounding coffee, driving to work, or just in, in morning rush hour traffic. Completely just fried by the time I even get there because the traffic was so stressful. Clocking in, having to be cordial to all these people I don't even really know. And then do some job that provides no meaning for my life other than a source of income and stability, which is not something to be taken for granted. And it's certainly a blessing to have work and to have an income and be able to pay your bills. But it feels like I'm 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 not really doing anything in this life uh, of any real substance or meaning. I feel so empty and unfulfilled and lost, rudderless in my own life, as though I'm I'm merely observing my life than participating in it. And is is it gonna is it gonna be this way forever? Is it just gonna be decades and decades of this and? 401k contributions and then I retire at 65 and who retires? I mean, you know, poor people retire people who are doing some shit they don't want to do that they've been doing forever. And it's, they, you know, finally they can just uh, live the rest of their lives on their measly nest egg and maybe some government benefits that are going to come in. That's who retires. People who are enjoying life, doing work they really want to do and actually have money, they don't retire. They work forever. Look at them. Everybody who followed their dreams and made their dreams come true, they work until they drop dead. Um, Nothing's stopping them. They don't want to retire. Some do, and that's fine if they want to, but most people who are really having a good time don't retire. No, retirement is for the poor. It's for lower middle class, poor middle class people who hate what, who just hate their job. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel that if you really stick with your job and bust your ass and work hard and save up some money, then when you turn 65, you can just stop working. And it's not that you're necessarily going to feel fulfilled or have any meaning in your life or joy, but at the very least, as a consolation, for all your decades of service to an unending, labyrinthine, enigmatic machine, the the goals of which are a complete mystery to, to what end the gears of this machine keep turning, we do not know. In your service to that machine, you can kick your feet up and uh, waste away in your final years and then die. And then your family has to spend uh, what little retirement money is, is left on your funeral. And uh, you, be, be, you know, you bequeath nothing to the next generation. Um, you know, that's, that's just how I, you know, that's, that's how I feel every morning out, uh, after a cup of coffee while I'm at work. So uh, sort of, you know, that's, that's kind of where my mind is at a lot of the time. Uh, that's what coffee does to me, but it keep, you know keeps me alert, keeps me um like you know focused as I'm waiting for for calls to come in. That's you know that's what jobs are now, just sitting at a desk and either answering emails or taking phone calls. And in, in the in the world we live in now, where every job is just some version of sitting at a computer, I mean I I, I might as well be a pe just a peasant, you know, in the coal mines. Uh, because I actually have to take phone calls. I'm, I'm not lucky enough to have a fake email job. I didn't get lucky enough to be able to have a job where I just open a laptop and answer a few emails. No, I actually have to wear a headset and take some calls, which I think these days counts as pretty hard labor. So I'm, you know, I'm really busting my ass out here. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying. <laughs>
Man, I don't know what I don't know where we're headed. That that is kind of the takeaway from Office Space, though. He um just felt so meaningless in his own life, and then by the end of the movie, he's working construction and seems pretty happy. So maybe 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 man was put on this earth to get his hands dirty and to to toll around, and do some hard labor. It's just that the 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 that work don't pay for shit ever. Even the, like all these like journeymen fucking tradesmen who've been doing it for decades are like, well, tar nation. I'm you know I'm I'm a master welder and I make three hundred thousand dollars a year. And it's like, how many years did it take you to get to this point? And after everything you've been put through and sacrificed, you're only pulling in $300,000 a year, which, you know, it's perspective is everything. That's a good chunk of money. But I mean, Jesus Christ, for somebody who's with such a valuable skill set, that's all you're capable of making. Do you know how much money you could make uh, doing uh, videos of you eating in your car? Are you out of your fucking mind? You're out here risking life and limb. Do, doing welding or, or whatever the trade is. And you, you don't even realize that if you just go to a Popeye's and film yourself eating a chicken sandwich in your car, you can make so much more money. Because that's what's valued is, is uh, content and entertainment and, and personality and wit. Uh, that's I mean, but that's the secret sauce. That's the key, right? Is you have to have a personality worth paying attention to. And most of these guys are drips, just absolute fucking bores, uh, miserable people to be around. Not all of them. Some of the funniest, best, most entertaining people I've met work in trades. And they're just really down to earth and hilarious. And they, you know, you get about 30 to 40 natural lights in them. It's a good time. But I, I've met tons of people that do that kind of kind of work. And they're just miserable fucking fucks that are so unpleasant to be around and they have that awful awful attitude that's like you know life is suffering i suffer you should suffer we all suffer and my suffering's better than your suffering because for my suffering i get i make six figures a year uh doing what i do and i'm happy I derive some sense of fulfillment in the fact that my life fucking sucks and I get I get paid six figures for my life to suck. It's like, okay, all right, pal. You know, have fun doing some shit you don't even seem to really enjoy doing for fucking, you know, a drop in the bucket compared to what you could be making uh, if you just put, put a fucking smile on your face and... and uh, do a video essay on uh, Lizzie McGuire or something. <laughs> I know this is good, man. I know this has been kind of a lower energy one. I I, uh, I had trouble sleeping. It's like six o'clock in the morning right now. I couldn't sleep. And then I realized I, I have not put one of these out in like over a week. I think it's been like two weeks, hasn't it? I know we had the holidays. Come on, we had New Year's. Um. But I just figured, man, I got I got to go record something, put something in the can, get some content out there. Been doing a lot lately. I mean, there's no, you know, if you follow if you follow the channel, you certainly see what I do. So it's not like there's any shortage. But I mean, people have re people have reached out and told me they enjoy this particular program, the Lost in the Maze, where it's just me ranting and rambling to myself, trying to think of things to talk about uh and that's nice i guess that's flattering that you that i'm entertaining enough just sitting in a chair by myself that a couple hundred people every week want to tune into that uh but it is it is just like man what the fuck am, what am i going to talk about by myself and and how do i not burn through all the stuff i want to talk about with other people and so these these are just kind of crazed raves and rants that uh I don't even, I have no clue where the structure is in this. But, I, you know, I had to get something in the can. <clears throat> I do appreciate everybody that's been subscribing. That is cool. And there's a bright future ahead for myself and all of us. The goal, I was talking, you know, I, I was talking to somebody about this earlier. The goal really is to keep building the channel, building the network, the billionaire podcast network. Ka-ching, bing, 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 did the filler up. And then get to a place where like I'm I'm stable enough and making enough money 
that I can really invest in Warhammer 40k. I was thinking about, you know, that's kind of what I want to do with my life is wherever this life takes me is just get to a place where I'm comfortable enough and secure enough that I can really go all in on Warhammer 40k. It always looked fun. It always looked it, it, it looked it's always looked like it's extremely my shit and it's a good combination of you know kind of the best of both worlds cuz I always thought D&D was interesting. It was promising, but what the actual game is uh I find to be tedious and un, just unrewarding uh because th- th- there's no co- there's no sense of completion. It's just meeting up with your friends week after week. It's just, it, you know, D&D is just like, what if hanging out with your friends had rules? Um, and But it also, you know, the, but there was also no winners or losers. There was no, like, defined game that's being played. Just being made up as you go along. But always, I like the RPG aspects of it, the role-playing and all that. So Warhammer 40k always seemed like a good combination of the role-playing stuff and then an actual game happening that can be finished. Um, and then, you know, I remember going into a games workshop for the first time and realizing this is one of the most fucking expensive hobbies I've ever seen. How is anybody doing this? Uh, but it seems to be very, um, popular and people, people are into it and it's got a loyal fan base and they, you know, they're, I think the games workshop, whoever, whoever makes Warhammer is making plenty of money. They got good publicity. I mean, that fucking Henry Cavill dude, the guy who plays Superman, he's like, he loves Warhammer 40k, apparently. Yeah, but that's that's the goal. I just want to get really into Warhammer 40k. It looks it looks sick, and I was reading up on it, uh, just like what Warhammer 40k is. And I was like, yeah, this sounds fucking dope, dude. Just just like grim, bleak space future where just like nothing good ever happens and it's just total war all the time um and the human race is just surrounded by the remnants of technology they never were able to advance because of the proliferation of war uh so they had to focus all of their efforts on war rather than advancing any of their technology so everything is you know just old uh kind of d- deteriorating tech and the human race is just sort of staving off its own doom as much as it can, but is you know delaying the inevitable. Um, the 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 emperor of, of man of the human race may or may not even fucking exist. There's a lot of lore. I tried reading one of those books like a few years ago, and I think I lost the book. But there's a there's like there's a tons of Warhammer 40k books. I tried reading one called like the Horus Heresy, like the first one, and I got like halfway through. It was actually like pretty good sci-fi writing, I think. But then I I was looking it up and I found out it's like a prequel series, so it takes place like ten thousand years before Warhammer Forty K, and it's a prequel series of books, and it's still going. And so far, there are sixty three of them. And that's just the prequel series. That's not including all the other fucking Warhammer 40k books that are out there. Uh, So I don't know what's going on with this. I didn't realize how deep Warhammer 40k goes. Um, But that's my dream. That's my dream these days is to make enough money, bounce back on my feet, make enough money that I can get, you know, have some stability, build a nice life for myself, and then really get just get fucking into Warhammer 40k, painting figurines, hanging out with my boys, you know, doing battles, reading the books. Well, I want to go fucking all in on this shit. Um, and you might be asking yourself, Dalton, what about pussy? Here's the thing. Pussy's a hassle. It's, t- it's difficult. You know, to uh, to 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 riz up a girl, as they say, and uh, I would say, in terms of overall joy and fulfillment, I think I would find uh, Warhammer Forty K to to give me those things more than uh, pussy. 
perhaps. Think about it this way. Think about think about what you get out of a out of a nice hobby like Warhammer forty k versus pussy trying to hang, trying to get laid. If I if I go because there's a high barrier of entry for pussy. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot that there's a lot of prerequisites and things you got to take care of first before you can start getting pussy. So if I go into a bar, it's you know, it's very exclusive and inaccessible pussy, right? So if I go into a bar. And I go up to a woman and I say to her, hey, can I have sex with you? I've already fucked up. You know, she's going to she's going to say more more than likely she's going to say no. She's going to get upset and, and it'll be an issue. And if I keep doing that throughout the bar, you know, a lot of women will probably say no. If I play the numbers enough, maybe one will say yes. But if it becomes enough of an issue and everyone in the bar realizes that there's just some guy going around asking all the women, if he can fuck them, they'll probably get thrown out of the bar. Right. But if I go into a games workshop or some game store that, you know, does Warhammer 40 K stuff. And I just go up to anyone in the, in the place that does Warhammer 40 K and I go, Hey, can I play Warhammer 40 K with you? They're going to be stoked. Of course they want to play. And if I say if I say something like I, I'm nervous, I've actually never done this before. Even better for them, they get to share this thing they love and care about so much with someone new and, and show it to them for the first time and get to see the light in my eyes as as I experience this thing that they've devoted so much of their time and love and energy toward. Whereas if I go to a woman. And I'm like, I'm nervous. I've never done this before. She looks down. She's mad. She's upset. She's like, she doesn't ex- have that same kind of wonder, you know, which they should. I mean, if I, if I, if you're a woman and a guy goes up to you and, and tells you like, Hey, can I have sex with you? I'm actually, I'm nervous. I've never done it before, but I really want to do it. You should be thrilled that you get to share your pussy with that guy and be the, the first time that he gets to experience this and just see the joy and fulfillment that this experience brings him but there's no woman that feels that way ever you know they want someone who just already knows what they're doing and uh and understands it and and it's that's so topsy-turvy because like if you go into a a warhammer store and you talk to the people they're yeah they're gonna show you everything and they're gonna tell you you know we're here for you if you need you know all the paint and how to do the figurines and, and strategies and the books you need. They're going to be more than happy to uh, help you along in, in your journey to um, become, you know, becoming a master Warhammer 40 K player. And it's the same, you know, with, with any sort of uh, endeavor like that. It's what, you know, whether it's that or through ax throwing bowling league, um, it, it, a number of these things, uh, they're, they're such warm and welcoming, inviting communities, these sort of niche hobbies that one can partake in. And, and, and that's, that's why there's really no, not much value to pussy. Uh, it's just that, uh, you know, we don't want to be alone and it's nice to be able to spend a night or two with someone else. But at, at the end of the day, it's, is it is it as is getting pussy as fulfilling as, as having a dope Warhammer 40k set and being really good at playing Warhammer? I mean, is it? I mean, you know, you gotta ask yourself that. And I don't even know what Warhammer 40k is necessarily yet. I just kind of know some things about the lore, like the warp. They travel they do event horizon rules for traveling through space. That's cool. They got to go through like some hell dimension to travel through space. That rocks. Damn, dude. I fucking love sci-fi. I've been starting to try and read again, um, which we've been doing on this solo show here on Lost in the Maze. Been doing the Beowulf series, but, uh, you know, just pausing that for the time being. But we're coming. We're going to come back and finish reading Beowulf. But I've been getting back into reading again. I don't know if you know this, but... uh, as far as digital books go, if one were, uh, is so inclined, uh, if you really want, if you really want, uh, then all books are free. If um, if you want them to be, 
every single book that exists is free if you want it to be is what i have to say and so i've been reading again i i, I got a bunch of like ebooks on my phone which i was always um uh hesitant to toward you know i was as far as e-readers and reading on your phone always had this idea in my head that well nothing can ever replace and be as good as a, a book in my hand the the pages in my hand and i kind of had this realization that and you know that's that's just that luddite sort of old way of thinking that well, this other thing existed long before this thing exists now. So the other thing is better for some re the way I'm supposed to do it. Um, when in reality, or what it, whatever, I, in reality, I, I said that. But what does that mean? I don't, I don't know. But anyway, uh, but the, I mean, yeah, the, the, the thing is, is prior to books themselves that people were just telling orating stories to each other or maybe looking at cave paintings or something and then books came along and they were like well this is, this is outrageous this will never this will never be as good as telling stories with the boys you know being a greek philosopher and telling these 12 supple 12 year old boys sultry deep thoughts and stories <laughs> Um, and then, you know, everybody got used to books and people started learning to read and then, you know, a whole publishing industry is born and we all read books for many, many years. And, uh, you know, it is cool. It is nice, you know, to be able to have a nice little paper bag that you can walk around with and thumb through. And it's a very tactile sensation, very physical, feels nice. Uh, but that's just what existed forever until the advent of digital uh, e-readers and cell phones and all that kind of stuff. And it, is it is it any better or worse than physical books? I don't know. It, there there is an adjustment to be made to to reading a, a book on a screen in that way. You know, I got my phone set to night mode, white on black, white text on black screen, but. I don't see like what the big, big difference is in terms of actually reading it. Uh, you know what I mean? The words are the same. The words are the words. It's just a different uh, delivery system. So is, is it, it, I mean, honestly, it's much more convenient when I'm taking a shit. I got my phone in my hand anyway. Most of the times I'm taking a good, healthy dump. And while I'm there, it's like, oh, I can actually just pull up a, this book I've been reading and, thumb, you know, thumb through that instead of like whatever dumb shit I'm looking at on social media. Um, and the bathroom is a nice place for reading no matter what. So it's like now now I'm engaged. I'm reading again, taking a shit and, and just taking good long like hour, hour and a half shits because I'm uh, finally reading again. I got the I got the phone loaded up with books. I read like a chapter of Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein. So I've seen the movie many, many times. One of my favorites. But I realized I never had read the book. So I, I got I got a bunch of sci-fi I'm going to get through. Neuromancer. Um, all that early George R.R. R. Martin stuff I've been wanting to read. All of it. I uh, got it on my phone. And look... If you gotta have physical books, go for it. I've learned the hard way that that's a lot of fucking heavy shit to keep up with. And if I can read on my phone, if I can compact all of that into this like the digital space, then fine. It's not like they're written on paper, by the way. When whenever any one of these writers actually writes a book, they're not they're not sitting there like writing it out on a pad. And some maybe still use typewriters. Gay just contrived forced put upon to be doing that now but that's okay then i guess it is written on paper if that is the case but almost every fucking writer is is writing on a computer or some sort of word processor so it's like this weird fucking thing that happens where you type you type an entire fucking book on a computer or word processor send it to the publisher or edit it, you know, they edit it and put it together into a book. And then this thing that has never existed on paper, they have to print onto paper and put and bind it as a book and sell it that way. And then also sell it as, you know, an ebook, 
Which, by the way, that's why that's why that's why all books are free. By the way, because what what fucking goddamn Amazon is charging for a Kindle book is not is just fuck you. Fuck, hey, you know what Amazon? Fuck you for doing this. The whole point of me getting the fucking e-reader and, and you know trying to do ebooks instead of physical books was that it would save on like actual physical space, and you would think it would be cheaper. Because there's zero cost, like publishing costs. You don't have to use any paper supplies to print this fucking thing. So you just have infinite space available for these words that have been arranged in a way that is pleasant to me. These books. And no, the fucking Kindle books are just as much as the actual physical books. Okay, well, uh, you know, call. I'm, I'm calling up my good friend Captain Jack Sparrow. We're taking to the high seas. Uh, 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 on this one, bum 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 bum. You know, me and Jack, me and my good buddy Captain Jack, couple pirates on the high seas, uh, doing some reading and, and watching anime. <laughs> you know, that's also free if you want it to be. Everything that's out there, which is, I mean, everybody's gonna head head in that direction again. They 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 solved piracy for a little while, where it was you know everything was so inaccessible that people would turn to piracy, and so they started aggregating uh, entertainment, making it easier to consume it. Where it was like, okay, you know, having a cable subscription is a pain in the ass, and um, it's very exclusive, and it, it uh, it's not working anymore. Really, it's not a good business model. So here's let's do streaming. You know, you pay a monthly fee and you have on-demand access to everything you want. Maybe there's some ads. If you don't want ads, pay a little bit more. And, you know, the thing we were all worried about happening happened. Uh, just corporate greed and licensing deals and everything got in the way. And streaming's completely fucking broken now. And it's too, it's too cost prohibitive. Everything's scattered, you know. Uh, you got to bounce from this app to that app to that app to find the fucking thing you want to watch. And it's just, it's, and you're paying for each one of these fucking apps. You know, so it's, it's just, it's such a pain, it's such a pain in my rear that it's like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. All the TV shows are free now. How do you, how do you feel about that? Paramount plus Amazon prime. You know, keep playing these games. There's ads and I'm, I'm paying more money for a shittier product. All right, bum 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 bum. I say, you know, that's 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 real. So there you go. All the TV shows, all the movies are free now. If you want them to be, if 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 you really want them to be, they can be. I hope I brought it on this one. I know I, I gotta I gotta dust the cobwebs off. I haven't been doing the the solo shows as diligently because I've been so fucking busy with all this other shit and just stressed and anxious and worried about the future. And so I I find myself falling behind on the Lost in the Maze show, but I owe it to everyone to to do this for some reason. Um but we're, you know, we're back, baby. Um, podcasting's back and better than ever. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm going to wrap this one up. A lot of, lot of cool shit coming to the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka-ching! Bing, 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 bing. Did the filler up. Um, but yeah, th- thank you. Seriously, thank you, everybody, uh, for subscribing. Tell everyone about this channel. Help me uh, get subscribers, and I'll help you um, be entertained through po- uh, podcasting <laughs> um i love you uh uh pay oh patreon go and also subscribe to the patreon i, I love you goodbye <laughs>
after you've gone and left me crying after you've gone there's no denying you seem blue you feel sad missing than the never there'll come a time now don't forget it baby there'll come a time when you regret it someday when you grow lonely your heart will break like mine you want me only after you've gone oh there's Da 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 da